Welcome to One Shot, One Life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. And now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad. Doug Fitzgerald. Welcome to One Shot One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, broadcasting from the One Shot One Life studios right in the middle of the U.S. in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so grateful that you're here. You know, each week it's our deep down desire to help you stop worrying and start winning. So we bring in experts who share proven and effective advice to help us all be successful, as successful as possible, in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, and our overall hopes and dreams. So uh, we hope you will really take this information, utilize it, apply it to your lives to become successful. The other thing we do, Josh, is we bring in people who have amazing personal stories of taking advantage of their one life, and they're so encouraging and uplifting, and we love sharing those stories as well. Behind the other mic is my executive producer. Uh, he's been here since the very beginning, over two years, or almost two years now, Josh. Yeah. Uh, Josh Floyd, thank I you so much for doing what you one do. show. That was it. I think so. That was the vid. <laughs> nothing, nothing I could do. <laughs> well, we're, I appreciate you being here. And here's the cool thing. Our team continues to grow. Yes, you know, it does. Uh, we're, you know, not only we syndicated award-winning now, um, but we also have a brand-new executive assistant. Um, she's actually in the studio audience today. We were talking about selling tickets maybe, you know, and giving away <laughs> free prizes. But Becky she Lynn, doesn't have to buy a ticket. No, though. well, she doesn't, but maybe right. she can, like, take tickets yeah. at the door. So. Yeah. Becky Lindquist is joining our team as our uh, executive um, assistant and just taking care of all the behind-the-scene details as we get more and more busy. Her husband, Jeff's a good friend of our families, along with Becky as well. We appreciate them really considering this opportunity and um, understanding what we're truly about with our mission at One Shot, One Life and wholeheartedly embracing that so that we can get this message out, not only to the United States, but the entire world. So we're excited to have Becky here. Becky, Welcome. We need to put her on the mic next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do that. We'll have a little to... handheld or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She can go around the studio audience with a handheld mic. That'd <laughs> yeah, be awesome. there we go. All right. Well, we have another great guest lined up for today. As always, um, we're going to talk about a subject that's really difficult to hear about, but it's so vital that we understand and do all we can to help out as much as we can. The topic is sex trafficking. Now, I was aware of the subject of sex trafficking, but my personal assumptions were that it really was a problem that I didn't have to worry about, that it wasn't dramatically impacting our city or our community or our state. Uh, but what I've come to find out is not only is sex trafficking devastating girls and young women's lives all around the world, but it is happening all across the United States, right in your city, in your state, and it's at a, at a startling rate. Worldwide, well over 40 million people are victims of human trafficking. In America alone, hundreds of thousands of young girls and women are victims of forced sexual exploitation. 900 girls, to break this down, Josh, 900 girls and young women are being sold for sex right here in Nebraska every month. 200 girls and young women are being sold right here in Lincoln, Nebraska every month, a town of what, close to about 300,000 people. And then many of them are sold several times throughout the month. Um, each of those numbers, please listen close. Each one of those numbers is a little girl. It's a young woman. It's a personal life. It's somebody that God has created. Uh, who is being ex abused and exploited. 
And um, you know, I learned about all this last year when I had the opportunity to interview Paul Yates. He's the executive director of I've Got a Name. It's a nonprofit organization that's been fighting hard to end sex trafficking right here in our backyard and around this country. And it's making a dramatic difference in the lives of those who are caught in the middle. So I asked Paul to join us today to help bring awareness to this problem um, that's corrupting our cities and destroying the lives of so many uh, young girls and young women. Paul is going to share with us the hardcore facts about sex trafficking, the mission of I've Got a Name, the life-changing stories of those that they serve, and how we can join them in making a true impact in your city and around the world as well. So I'm looking forward to this very difficult yet extremely vital conversation. And um, if you know somebody who would really benefit from today's show, have them jump on right now or listen to the podcast once the show is over. So Josh, uh, share with our listeners how they can tune in to our growing podcast. Absolutely. We recommend Apple Podcasts or Spotify for podcasts. They're both free apps that you can download to your phone. There's a good chance that your phone already has a podcast platform, but whatever Uh, platform you choose to use. All you do is go open the app, go to the search bar, type in one shot, all one word, one life, all one word, and then you'll find all of our past shows. All of our new shows will be there after they air. You can download them, listen to them on the go whenever we're there for you. I want to close out the first segment here by sharing with you something that I shared with a company that I recently consulted with. You know, we spent the day together. I took them through the one shot, one life uh, ultimate success formula process. During that time that we had together, I had the privilege of sharing with them a thought and a concept that caught several of them off guard, which was interesting. So I thought I'd share it with uh, you today as a listener, and hopefully it'll benefit you as well. Now, I think we all know that every single decision, I tell my kids this all the time, every single decision we make, no matter how small or how big it is, impacts those around us. And when we think about our jobs, you know, there are employees that we work with. There are um, bosses that we work with, owners that we work with, customers that we work with. Every interaction we have with any of them is an opportunity to serve and, and really encourage those people as well. But a lot of times we don't even take that into account. This group that I was working with, I had asked them, do you, you work with this other um, group within your organization? Do you talk to them? Do you interact with them? Do you know about them? Do you know about what's going on in their lives? And pretty much all of them said, I don't. I don't know what's happening. And I said, do you realize that if you would start interacting, if you would start building a relationship with them, the atmosphere, the culture of your business would change dramatically. And it just totally caught them by surprise. And so I want to encourage all of us to really think that every interaction we have, no matter if it's at home, if it's you know when we're out buying gas somewhere, going to the grocery store, or if it's our place of employment, or maybe we're the business owner ourselves, Every interaction that we have, every decision that we make um, will impact somebody at some level. And it's our opportunity to encourage people, really, is what I believe. It's an opportunity to encourage, empower, to build up and to make people realize that they are valued, that they're important. And that, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's up to us to each make those decisions. So the next time um, you head into work, the next time you head into your place of business, wherever you are, I want to uh, encourage you to take some time, look around. Envision those people that you're working with and serving and um, make a difference in their lives. Realize that they have lives too. You know, maybe they had a bad day. They've got lives outside of what they're doing. They've got maybe family, kids, activities, struggles, their own uh, issues that they're dealing with, along with maybe the things that you are as well. And envision that for just a moment and then take some time to get to know them. Um, I believe that if you do that, uh, you're going to find some contentment in what you're doing. You're going to find some joy in that, and you should be proud of it. And I want to encourage you to do that. 
All right, we're going to take our first break here. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Paul Yates, the executive director of I've Got a Name. It's a nonprofit organization whose mission is to end sex trafficking and put the end to this horrific evil that is impacting young girls as young as 10 years old and even younger. You are listening to America's show. It will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. one shot in this amazing one life helping you make every single day count this is one shot one life welcome back to one shot one life i'm your host doug fitzgerald and we want to welcome our new affiliates and listeners joining us on amazing radio stations around the united states thank you so much for tuning in well today we're so grateful to have paul yates in the studio paul is the executive director of i've got a name it's a nonprofit organization focused on helping in sex trafficking in Lincoln, Nebraska, and really around the country and around the world. So, Paul, I want to welcome, welcome you back to One Shot, One Life. Hey, thank you very much. I look forward to the opportunity. It's always great to visit with you, too. Well, you're, you're a dear friend of the show, because, and, and I, you know, at One Shot, One Life, you, you, your cause and what you're doing, we're fully behind you. And you know, we've got a couple of causes that we're really focused on. You are one of those because I, I believe so deeply and dearly in what you're doing to impact people's lives. So thank you for what you do. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more. But again, uh, we look forward to having you back as well. So Well, thank you so much. I mean, we can't do this alone. It takes everyone yeah. to get involved. We're stronger together. Yep. No question. Yep, absolutely. Well, we met last year um, when I interviewed you on a different program. And um, um, that's not just where we met. That's where I learned about some staggering statistics and stories about sex trafficking and the industry that's devastating uh, the lives of young girls and young women and, and young boys and, and men as well, uh, not only in our city, but around the country, is, uh, around the country too. Um, I got to your website, I've got a name.org, and I checked it out, and there you have current statistics um, that I was shocked about. I want to encourage people to go there, I've got a name.org, and check it out. Um, let's start out with this, Paul. What's the current state of this evil sex trafficking um, really problem that we have underground uh, that's impacting our communities in this country? Yeah, well, first, it's, it's nothing new. This has been going on for a long, long Since the beginning time. beginning of time. Beginning of time. <laughs> but it's really starting to be more exposed by media and, and great shows like this, but to really start talking about and understanding what it is. And I think awareness is so critical yep. because it is that dark issue. It is that issue that people don't want to talk about, don't want to acknowledge, um, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, for a variety of reasons, the shame, the guilt, the fear, it's unimaginable, you know, and so it's starting to come to surface and people starting to talk about it now. Well, what really is this? Well, this doesn't impact me, as you said earlier. Right, right. No, it can be in your own backyard, you know, and so it is, it's grave. It, it's, it's something that I think is more significant than you can even imagine. And when I talk to very educated people, they go, are you kidding me? You know, and then something pops up on the news and I keep saying to them, it's not just because it's in the news now. This is going on all the time. I had a relative just yesterday, Paul, just yesterday. I want to talk about it in the next segment, but um, she had asked me, Doug, is this thing real? Like, is sex trafficking real? And I had heard on a show before that you did you talking and discussing that with your guest. And I'm like, yes, 
this is real. Uh, it's impacting not just in our community, which we think is a small, maybe maybe a smaller community compared to the rest of cities around the country, but it's impacting. I was looking at the top five states for sex trafficking, and um, let me list them for you. California, number one, then it's Texas, Florida, New York, and Georgia. Now, some people would say, well, why isn't Nevada in there? Because of Las Vegas, right? Well, that comes into the next one. And this is where I want to get to because I think this is where it hits home to say, you know what, this really makes a difference where I'm at. Here are the top five states for sex trafficking according to the percentage of the state's population, right? This is the concentration of of it happening. Number one, Mississippi. Number two, District of Columbia, technically not a state. Number three, Nevada. That's where that fits in. Number four, Missouri. And number five, our home state of Nebraska. Is that, are those stats real? That's what I want to know. That's I, what our listeners want to know. I will tell you, I met uh, Dr. Ron Hampton several years ago at the University of Nebraska, and he was an international researcher. When I first met him, because I was fighting this overseas at the time, he asked me, where'd you get those statistics? Because that's, that's part of what he did right. for a living. He said they're always underestimated, mm. always underestimated. You know, I mean, how do you really grab these stats? And there's some ways they can do that. But when you start listing those states... You go, what? I mean, Nebraska, it's the good life, right? Well, we also have Interstate 80 that goes right through our state. And then people think, well, it's just in those big cities. And I'm telling you, it's everywhere. It's in the rural communities as well, throughout our entire country. And it's not just in certain areas, certain populations. Of course, those statistics you just gave, yes, it's happening there. But for people to think, well, my state wasn't listed, we're safe. Oh, no, 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 it's everywhere. And part of it is too. It's I hate to even say this, it's a very lucrative business. You know, if, if billions and billions of dollars, I saw. Yeah, if you're selling drugs, you got to produce the drugs, sell them. Produce the drugs, sell them. You're selling a human being over and over and over again. You know, um, and I heard uh, this one uh, gentleman speak. He says it's like a styrofoam cup. You know, you don't keep it. You just crumple it up and throw away and go get another one, mm. you know, and that's just the reality of it. That's just the darkness of it, what it is, a life that you're destroying. So with your organization, what do you what do you do? You know, we fight sex trafficking in Nebraska through three, three things. One is awareness, being aware of what it is and what it's not and, and working through all those myths and stereotypes. The second is take action. And that's the foundation of what we do. And that's our street outreach. That's working one on one with women and girls who are either vulnerable to this or are suffering from sex trafficking. And then third piece is inspiration. Get involved. Use your gifts. Share this with people. You know, uh, as I just mentioned earlier, we're stronger together. We, we have four full-time staff. Two of them are our street outreach team. And you don't have an office either. You take all the money that comes in for your nonprofit and you pour it into serving. Right. So. I'm proud to say this studio now is our office. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the audience and everything. This is wonderful. No, it's coffee shops where we're at. We raise funds for the heart and soul, not for bricks and mortar. And you know? your approach is very different too. I mean, it's very grassroots, relational, one-on-one, you know, you you wouldn't see this. You don't see this in front everywhere. I mean, you're, you're where the problems are happening. You're where the victims are living. Right. And and I will tell you, it's so difficult to describe and understand what our street outreach team, what, what Megan and Pam are doing with these young women and girls, as you mentioned, we're working 10 year old, 12 year old, 14 year old, 30 some year old. Our oldest is 53. We've worked with, um, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, what, what those two do and what they go through. And you're talking about, 
I think Megan said on average, those two are having, they work with six clients on average per day. Mm. And these are people on roller coaster rides, you know, and I, I have to mention this too. Boys do get trafficked. As right, you mentioned right. that our main focus is women mm-hmm. and girls. Now, if we'd come across a male, I would get involved with that. Certainly. But it's just unbelievable what these two do in their, in their lives, going out and meeting these people where they're at in their life and helping them. So how did you get involved? How did you become so passionate about this? Once upon a time, I was the president <laughs> of a marketing firm, going to live happily ever after. And you were earning a great salary, <laughs> And too. I was earning a great salary. And I came across a, a nonprofit in Lincoln, Nebraska, that was, uh, had children's homes over in the country of Nepal, the mm-hmm. most beautiful people you'd ever meet. And God just started tugging at my heart, just started tugging at my heart. And I look back on it and think, wow. And I I heard a story of a little boy who was suddenly an orphan. Uh, He'd watched his father being killed in front of his own eyes. Mm. And then I had a picture sent to me of this little girl named Rana who was sitting on this little cot and they'd intercepted her from being sold into the brothels of India. And I remember I shut my office door and I just started to weep. And Mm. I just thought, wow, we live in such a blessed country. You know, this young girl, and I didn't know really anything like I knew about sex trafficking, but it just broke my heart. So now I'll make that long story short. About three or four months later, I left that job and got involved with this organization overseas. And then that whole um, wave of information about human trafficking in the world started hitting the airwaves and uh, all the media. And that's what I got involved in. You know, I mean, the last time I was there, I was offered a 12 year old girl for $150 for three hours or 250 for the night from mm-hmm. a rickshaw, rickshaw driver. It's because I'm a Westerner. They think that's why I'm over there. I'm the man right. with money, you know? And so, yeah, I, I got involved in that. And that's how I met our founder of I've Got a Name. And we started looking at Lincoln, Nebraska. And it started as an old Jim Croce song, turned into a couple of events at his church, became a nonprofit. And here I sit today, seven years ago, I became the first director fighting this here in Nebraska. And I love the fact that you're all around this country because the United States of America needs to know this is real. It's everywhere. How did you get the name? It's an old Jim Croce song. All I've called, I've got a name. And our founder heard it when he first heard of this injustice. And he got in his car and he thought every one of these girls has a God-given name. Mm. They should be treated with love and respect and dignity. What is going on? And so people call us, I have a name, I, I'm a name. No, I've got a name. Hmm. You know, and as a Christian, I know you by name. You are mine. Yep. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a father. I've got two kiddos, daughter. And um, Paul, to be honest with you, this makes me angry. So uh, ever since I've heard about it and the work that you're doing, um, this really, really ticks me off. And I'm just grateful for people stepping up and having courage like yourself, all on your staff. Uh, to make a difference. And if you uh, you are someone who's a victim of sex trafficking or someone you know, there is help out there. Don't wait. Have the courage to pick up your phone. Uh, you can call the Human Trafficking Hotline, 888-373-7888. That's 888-373-7888. It's open 24-7 every day of the year. And they also service in more than 200 languages, I found out today. So don't wait. And if you're more comfortable um, texting, and you feel better about doing that, they'll start a live conversation, a live chat with you right there. All you have to do is text 233-733. Text 233-733. Well, it's time to take a quick break. Uh, We've been having an eye-opening conversation with Paul Yates, the executive director of I've Got a Name. And when we return, Paul is going to share with us some of the dramatic stories of how they are saving girls and young women 
from sex trafficking and the underground that it is, and how they're making such a positive impact within our community and throughout the country. You are listening to America's show that will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shop, one life. have one shot in this amazing one life helping you make every single day count this is one shot one life welcome back to the show i'm your host doug fitzgerald thank you so much for joining us on one shot one life well today's guest is paul yates he's the executive director of i've got a name nonprofit organization focused on helping end sex traffic in lincoln and nebraska and around the country uh, in our last segment paul shared with us the hardcore facts of the sex trafficking industry that's going on right here, not only in our community, but in your community as well. Uh, he also shared about the mission of I've Got a Name and what they're doing to combat this evil trade. So if you missed it, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the podcast. All you have to do is search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast platform. Well, Paul, in the last segment, you shared about your purpose with I've Got a Name and all that you guys are doing to, to help young girls and young women uh, to really end sex, sex trafficking. In this segment, I want to talk about some of the stories. I want to talk about um, maybe some things that we can really pick up on if we're noticing maybe some odd habits from somebody or things that are happening in their lives. But I want to get really deep into this. Let's talk about the signs. What are some of the signs that we can look for if we think or maybe assume, maybe as a parent, a friend, a neighbor, um, that sex trafficking might be happening? I would say, well, the warning signs are everywhere, okay? But they're also, you have to be very, very careful, you know, when you're looking at these situations. Change in behavior certainly is one of them, especially for youth. Um, all of a sudden, they have a lot of things and they don't have a job. Um, they're very secretive. They're very isolated. They start isolating themselves, don't ask, answer questions. Um won't share with someone who they're talking to, those kind of things. And also, oftentimes, someone that's controlling them, you know, uh, controlling them in person, controlling them through their behavior, controlling them where they're going, who they're seeing. Um, that's a big part of it, you know, no question about it. And you have to understand, too, that, and this is something that I, by the way, still don't understand since I started fighting this in 2008, is the gravity of the emotional side of this. You know, this is a slow fade. This mm. is something that someone gets introduced to. And they may think, why am I going this direction? I should get out of this direction. I'm not going to get out of this direction. Now it's too late to get out of this mm. direction. And then the fear and the guilt and the shame. We can talk more about that when I give some stories. But it's it's one of those things that's really hard to grasp. And so you, you have to be careful because you'll see situations, you'll, you'll wonder, I wonder if this is someone that's being controlled. I wonder if this is... This could be trafficking, you know? And I always say, well, first and foremost, we are not law enforcement. I would mm -hmm. not suggest anyone become law enforcement. But if you are concerned about a situation, you know, call your local law enforcement. I've had stories just here in Lincoln with situations with a car, you know, coming up on a red light and all of a sudden I see this bouncing around going on there. And earlier I saw the door open when they're driving and it takes off. And then I thought to myself, was that woman in, at the red light next to this car? Was that woman on her phone because it was a red light or did she see something and was mm. calling someone, you know? Was that laughter I heard or was that screaming? Did that door open again because someone wants to get out or just a bunch of kids messing around on a summer night? Mm. Well, I called I called 911, said this is a non-emergency, I believe, but this is what I saw. This is the car. So law enforcement can get involved in that. Maybe it was just a bunch of kids, but maybe it was somebody in distress. 
Right. You know, and so you have to really be careful. And, and in our work, we have these cards called Megan cards that has her name on it now. And Megan, our outreach director, uses her past life experience, okay, to help these women and girls. She's phenomenal, okay. And so this card can be given to someone locally here quietly. You know, I, you know if, if you want to talk to someone about this, you know, give her a call, text her. Now, you got to be careful. I say quietly because if there's someone there that's controlling this person, not letting them talk, you know, doing all the talk for them, they can't see you giving them that card. So hopefully there's a chance you can slip that to them. And again, the gravity of that emotion is they may say, I don't want anything to do with you because of their fear right. and their guilt and their right. shame. I'll tell you, Doug, we had a 15-year-old girl that Megan met in the detention center, gave her one of her cards. She put it in her pocket, acted like it was no big deal. She ends up running away. Three months later, they find her. She'd been out on the West Coast, came back, and the mom called Megan and crying and said, they found her. She's back. And the only time, Megan, she cried is when she I mentioned your name, and she reached into her blue jeans and pulled out that crumpled card. Mm. See, that's hope. You know, and that's when I say that, that emotion that's involved in that, they may say, get the heck out of here, but down deep inside, that's hope, you know? So yeah, the warning signs are a tough one, you know, but if you see something you're concerned about and Google it and go on our website, there's more signs there in different environments, whether it's a school, whether it's in a hospital, whether it's a hotel, there's different signs for different people. You're finding creative ways to get... Um, that contact information uh, to young girls and young women in a way that's discreet, where they feel comfortable. You were talking about in high schools having tear-off sheets in the bathrooms. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. actually, tear-off sheets in the bathroom stall, in the women's bathroom. And maybe that's just more for marketing, how many were tore off. But the other thing we're going to do is we're going to have QR codes because they can get there with their phone, QR code it, save that page. Yes. And then if they want to, you know, reach out at some point. And it could be someone they're just concerned about, you know. It could be someone that they're worried about. But it also may be some themselves. And there are so many situations where a person just wants to take that step and won't for whatever reason. And that's part of our challenge in street outreach. They're on a roller coaster. They're doing really good. And then all of a sudden they go back into that old habit or those, bo- those old friends, you know, pull them right back into it. Um, I remember meeting a state patrol officer and, and they're much more, at least in our state, much more educated on this, you know? And there was this one woman that said when they were pulled over on the interstate, if he would just would have asked me, am I okay? Mm. She would have gotten out of the car. And that's really unusual. Because they're afraid. They're afraid, well, what will happen to me? What will, what will go on? You know, so, and then there, some of them just feel like, well, this guy really loves me and he's caring for me, even though she's a slave. She's a slave. Let's talk about some of those stories then, because I've, you, you've shared with me several, um, and a lot where they just feel like, you know, here, this person or this guy is taking care of me. They're providing everything. There's a, there's a sense of commitment. Um, or they, you know, maybe they're angry that maybe somebody would assume something. Share some of these stories of, of how you've really helped some of these young women and young girls. Yeah, I, and I think first and foremost, we have to understand that abduction, physical abduction does happen, but it's such a low percentage. I think people think it's like the like movie Taken. Yes, yes, that's what I think. Thrown of, in the van. Right? Don't go out to the shopping center at 12 minutes, you'll get thrown in a van. Yeah, that happens. There are abductions that happen, but most of the abduction is in the heart. Most of it's in the mind. Most victims of sex trafficking know their perpetrator. They know who mm. they are, okay? And so you look at this whole dynamic, and these, these perpetrators, they will do whatever it takes to get you, 
to groom you, to get you in that position. And that's why I mentioned earlier the the emotional aspect of it. We've had situations, Doug, where um, a woman's going to testify against someone uh, in the court system, okay? And, and she will say, but he's a good guy. Really down deep, he's got some problems, but he's a good guy. He really loves me. You know, he's sorry for everything he's done. That's that manipulation, that control that they have over them. And then their own shame and guilt and also their own need they have. Mm. You know, a lot of this, I believe, is a self-esteem issue, you know, and that's where like technology comes in. I mean, come on, these cell phones are awesome, but they're frightening. I mean, just look at what they're doing right now. They can change your looks, you know, make your face look beautiful you know, there's a young girl that I met, a woman I met, that she was solicited on a Christian chat room back in the early mm. 2000s. A 45-year-old guy exposed himself to her, and she just needed attention. She was bullied, okay, her whole childhood. And it was somebody that would listen to her, and he was manipulating her, you know. And then he pulled her in and pulled her in, and she started feeling guilty and shameful. And here's the tragedy of it all. She said, the only way I could stop is become fat and ugly. Mm. See, I don't think there's such a thing as fat and ugly. I just don't believe that. But that was her old mindset. That's what she had to do to break away from this guilt and shame from this. So there's that situation. There's um, one of my stories is is a woman goes with her daughter shoe shopping, okay? And they go into this store and this girl's working there. And it's a, a classmate, a high school classmate of this girl. And she also plays on the soccer team with her, you know. And so they're talking and talking. And soon this mom says, you know, how long have you worked here? And how many hours do you work? And what do you get paid? And, and all these questions. And the young girl says, well, my mom says I can only work so many hours because school's number one. My commitment to soccer's number two. Sounds like good parenting, good household. Well, this woman says, you know, I own a spa. And you have a beautiful smile. You're so full of energy. I have a part-time job. You want to work there? Well, you know where this is going. Mm. She gets that job and works there. And after a while, she starts to realize there's more going on back there in this back room at certain times at night. There's more men visiting than women. And certainly she'd never go back there. Sounds like she's from a good household until the woman finally approaches her and says, do you want to make more money? Mm. Just go back there. You can make so much more money. She would never go back there, Doug, until the FBI find her when they bust the place. Okay, I was looking at stats where they were talking about you know, the different places, like where this is happening. Like you talked about spas, places you wouldn't think, you know, normally unless you dug into it. Um, homes, relationships, business, businesses that have no relation to sex at all, right? Um, and uh, you know, and I think that's probably part of this grooming process and making totally. people feel comfortable in the process. So, you know, I was. Um, <laughs> I had a family relative ask me the other day, actually it was yesterday, um, Doug, is this really happening here um, in our city? And I said, yeah. And this relative said she was approached by a friend of theirs whose um, daughter had run away, and they were concerned uh, that she ran away, but they were concerned that she might fall into a sex trafficking situation. Then I saw a stat today where it says some groups are saying right now that it's estimated one in three young people are solicited for sex within 48 hours of running away or becoming homeless. Yeah, critical 48. That's what I call it, the critical 48. Why is that? Because this girl's vulnerable. First of all, why did she run away? Okay, threatening to run away is one thing. Actually running away is something else. And then they get out there and all of a sudden, oh, well, now what do I do? 
Mm. I can't go back. You know, now where do I go? And there was a situation in another state where this gentleman said, I'll take care of you. Well, yeah. And then he sold her for two weeks in this hotel. You know, she's very vulnerable. She was entrapped. You know, uh, I'm sure he threatened her like you wouldn't believe. But she's just out there. I mean, you're so vulnerable. We have a young woman whose aunt sold her for $60 and some meth. She was 15. She ran away from home here in Lincoln. And the mom ended up, you know, trafficking her. And she was busted in a sting operation. Mm. I've met that young girl. She's doing really good Mm. right now, actually. Well, if you're listening and you are a victim of sex trafficking or you know somebody who might be, there is help. There's a human trafficking hotline, 888-373-7888. That's 888-373-7888, open 24-7 a day. Um, uh, every single day of the year, uh, 200 languages don't wait. And if you feel better texting, you can text two, three, three, seven, three, three. That's two, three, three, seven, three, three. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, Paul is going to share with us, um, how they're also taking on the issue of sex trafficking by bringing awareness to the demand side of sex trades, um, challenging men to step up because obviously if there wasn't a need, there wouldn't be a tra- sex trafficking issue to begin with. So we're going to talk about that. And then also, if you feel ed- led in some way in your city or state to um, you know, m- you know, have an impact with sex trafficking, Paul is going to give you some direction on how you can possibly contact them and maybe partner together in the future. You're listening to America's show that will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Thanks so much for joining us today on One Shot, One Life. We love having you with us. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. If you want to stay up to date on all we're doing at One Shot, One Life, I highly recommend you join our email community of over 10,000 people strong. Uh, Each week we send an email, just one email. We don't spam anybody, just one email. Uh, Just kind of keeping you up to date on the show, new shows, past shows, and anything else we have going on at One Shot, One Life, all you have to do is go to our website, oneshotonelife.com. You scroll to the bottom of the page, fill out information, and uh, also know that, like Josh always likes to say, we don't sell your information as well. Yeah, that's so, a big deal. I hate it when I start getting you yep. know emails from places I haven't subscribed to and I haven't even looked up. And So we'll, we'll take we, care we'll, of you. We won't do that to No, nope, we will take care of you and protect you as well. So we'd love to have you join the community. Do that today, oneshotonelife.com. Well, we're joined today by Paul Yates, the executive director of I've Got a Name, a nonprofit organization uh, focused on helping insect tra- sex trafficking here in Lincoln and Nebraska and around the country. Uh, Paul, it's been great to have you in. Let me, right before you get started, let me uh, promote your website, I've Got a Name.org. Go there. There's a lot of great information and also a lot of great resources. So if you've been listening and you want more information about what Paul's been talking about, Go to the website I've got a name.org and you can find it all there. All right, well let's talk about let's talk about the, you know, the the reason why we have sex trafficking to begin with. And that's the dealing with the hardcore uh, truth of the foundation, which is uh, men seeking sex. You know, whether it's through pornography, sexualization in the media, um, our culture is just permeated with this. And if there wasn't, you know, a demand out there, we wouldn't have this issue. You'd be out of a job. And that's ultimately what we want. Let's talk about this because you're, you're, you're taking proactive steps to really deal with this to begin with. Yeah, you're right. And I think first and foremost, we need to understand that 
there are more good and great men out there that aren't struggling with this. So this is not men bashing at all. And I've met some guys that have been uh, busted in sting operations and their remorse and everything is incredible. And their courage to share their fault in their past, which is strength, you know. So I, I don't want to come across as we're bashing men. No, and, and no. Because no. women buy and sell too, okay? Yep, they yep. do too. But, but you're right. The majority of it is a supply and demand. It's men purchasing women. And you'll have that argument out there, well, we ought to legalize the women in the life of prostitution. No, this is a real man issue that has nothing to do with the beauty of a sexual relationship between two people who love each other. You know, a, a lot of these of these perpetrators, they don't care what age they are. They don't care if they're 12 or 13 or they're 30. You know, it, it's something they're just dealing with. It's an addiction they're dealing with. And so we're, we're trying to put together a men's movement to get men to start acknowledging, first of all, that we need to address this as a man. What is a real man? You know, and I grew up with a great mother and father, and I open the door for any woman that I can. And it doesn't mean that I'm stronger, better, bigger than them. I just, out of respect to them, I think they're the greatest gift a woman has, it, God has given us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we need to respect them. And I just, especially our youth. Start when you're young, okay? You're in training. But what can we do to really start addressing this issue? And so we're getting men right now. You can actually take a pledge on our website. Mm-hmm. And we're really trying to get men just to raise their hands, say, yeah, I'm interested in this. Yes, I want to do this. Because in my lifetime since 2008, when I left my job and got involved in this, I've met a lot of great guys. And I've met guys that have really struggled with pornography and such. And so now they can be that catalyst to talk to their friends that, you know, you shouldn't be going to that gentleman's club. You shouldn't be on pornography. If you look at the research of it, you're destroying yourself. Mm. You know, you're just really destroying yourself. And other relationships and future relationships. Oh, totally, totally. And so what can we do is, is start talking to our friends you know, and, and about, well, why are you doing this? You know, what, what is this bringing on you? And actually, that's what our street outreach team's doing with the women and girls. You know, what is it that, that you, your need is that you need this? I will tell you, Megan, real quickly, when she got out of this life, she decided when she got, she had to get her boys back, the boys were taken from her. Mm. She decided as a Christian woman, she became a Christian, I'm not going to date any man for a year. Mm. I'm going to date God. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. And so she left that. She fasted. And we're, we're working with a young woman right now. Fast from sex. You know, it's just the reality of yeah. our culture today. Fast from it. Get your life in order. And that's the same thing with the men. Let's start getting our life in order. Let's start acknowledging that we have some issues with this. And our culture is so sexual. Oh. I mean, just the commercials on TV and everything, you know, and it, it we're fighting this uphill battle but we have to fight it and it's continuing to expand in our culture i mean it's 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 getting crazy um by the day in my opinion that's just my opinion but it's getting nuts you know you talked about um i had i've had some shows where i've talked to de agents in regards to like drugs and they're really trying to you know they're not trying to find uh, and pick up the end user of the you know the, the person using drugs they're trying to find the cartel people who are who are providing that supply of drugs um, you were talking about some laws that were possibly being passed or at least looked at, right, in regards to if you're a victim, you're not going to be prosecuted. They're after the person who's actually perpetrating this. Right. I think we, we're starting to finally understand that as a country, that the criminal is not the woman that is being sold. It's the people that are selling them 
and purchasing them. And I believe it was the state of New York several years ago came up with a law actually trying to defend and protect and help those women that were put into that life of prostitution through coercion or force. You know, if they can take, have some of that expunged from their, their record, mm-hmm. give them a new chance at life. And I remember in this state, a senator hitting the table and saying, these girls are not the criminals, it's the buyers and sellers. And that's so true. That's so true. Um, so we really need to start looking at it through that lens, you know. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it's all around us. It's everywhere, yeah. you know. And so we have that demand side of it, men standing up and saying, yeah, I want to learn more. I want to get more information about this. This is why our website, or just Google it yourself and learn about this. I said, I'm still learning since 2008, you know. And as a man, I can't even begin to understand what the woman's going through or the girl's going through. Okay, but we need to start having these dialogues, whether it's through your church group or your business or whatever. We have to start talking about this as men. And and I always have guys come up to me after I give a presentation, which I love to do, go out and speak to people. And a guy will come up to me and say, man, I got two daughters, yep. you know, and I said, do you have any sons? Oh, I got a son. You need to talk to your son, too. Right. You know, and raise them accordingly. You know, and I remember speaking at a college once and this this student uh, gentleman said to me, he said, well, what if it's a choice? What if they what if they want to do it? And I looked at him and said, you don't need to answer this question. But what if it was your sister? Hmm. And he looked at me with a totally different look. Oh, now it's a different story. Yep. It's your sister. So that's that's the whole issue. And yep. that's what our men's movement is trying to trying to get men to stand up and start. Let's have the dialogue. We had a conversation earlier this week. We were chatting on the phone and you were talking about just this whole idea of continuing to be proactive. What if there's somebody listening today that says, you know what, I want to, I might be interested in starting something like this in my area. What, what should they do? You know? Yeah. I, I remember talking to you about that. I had a, a woman several years ago, I think it was the Chicago area and said, Hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to do something like this. Now I'm not a believer that everybody should start their own nonprofit. There's a lot to it. But listen, if anybody wants to learn what we're doing, we will share 100% everything we're doing, you know, because it's not about us. It's about those we're loving, protecting, rescuing, and restoring, you know. So um, if any way we can help out, we'd love to collaborate and help. Um, and I, will, I should mention this too, Doug. We're a very simple organization. We yes, don't do, we don't do a lot of case management. We don't ask a girl for her date of birth, your social security number. We sit down with where they're at at that time, we don't judge them. We love them unconditionally, and we take them by the hand and help them with whatever their needs are. And a while back, someone said, when do your services end? And and Pam and Megan looked at her and said, they don't end. They can continue to go on and on, and some relationships are like that. Mm-hmm. So, and you network and provide other services. I mean, you don't provide the services, but you network with other places that do provide. Right. And that's, um, that's and, how you continue the ongoing relationship. And my second name on our website is Contact Us. So you just contact you us. I'm us right now. So <laughs> speaking of that, uh, real quick, we have, um, uh, we've got just a couple of minutes here. You have a conference coming up to bring awareness. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we were the lucky recipients through a public vote a year ago by Union Bank and Trust here in, in Nebraska. And we won the big give, which was $100,000, which seems like a lot. And it is. And we we're very thankful. But we had to have this initiative. And one of the things we're giving back to Lincoln and Lancaster County is our conference. And it's the first conference in our city about sex trafficking in our city and county. Mm. And we've got some great speakers. In fact, this one guy is going to be our keynote speaker at lunch. 
It's you. Oh, and so, uh, but it, this is not like one of my presentations. This is about bringing experts in the field and yeah. educating this for the general public and especially parents. I haven't even touched on technology and all that stuff, but these phones and the internet and all that are great and they're dangerous. So our conference is wonderful. And if anybody wants to support us as a sponsor anywhere in the United States, yes, anywhere, anywhere in the United States. I mean, if you can support. Our, the former work I did over in Nepal, you can support us here in the heartland of the country. Absolutely. Conference is Saturday, August 5th. If you want more information, go to I've got a name.org for that. And if you want to attend from across the country, fly on into Lincoln. We'd love to have you here. Hear Doug so, speak. That's right. That'd be good. All right, Paul, um, before you go, uh, any other contact information for people? Um, I think we've covered it all. I, I think it's great. I think awareness is fighting this. A lot of times people say, what can I do other than giving a donation? awareness. All right. Talk about it. We have to talk about yeah. it. Well, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Paul Thank Yates, you. Executive Director of I've Got a Name. Well, if you'd like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find it on all podcast platforms. One shot, all one word, one life, all one word. I want to thank today's guest, Paul Yates. Special thanks to my executive producer, Josh Floyd. And remember, until next time, take full advantage of your amazing one life and make every single day count. One shot, one life. Thank you for listening to the One Shot, One Life Show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song, join a mastermind group, purchase one of our online courses, and more. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com.